Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Avatar, The Rise of Kyoshi. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the Flying Opera Company. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? I'm doing alright, I think. It's kind of felt like a long week, to be real. Like, it's it's been weird. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's... I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, there's been times where I've not gotten to sleep on time normal, like, compared to how I normally do. So maybe that's why it's felt like a long time for some reason. But it's, like, it's weird because, like, multiple days, like, it's basically just, like, I look at the time and it's like, oh, it's already lunch? What? It felt like I got here only, like, 20 minutes ago. But, like, the first 20 minutes are just, like, me being, like, just, uh, let me die. <laughs> like, <laughs> slowly having to actually start, like, spinning up to actually get in the swing of things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, like, one of those, especially on Monday itself, I had to actually deviate because I had to do another blood test. Well, not blood test. Why did I, why did I keep thinking it was blood test? No, it was pee test. It was a drug test for work because of the new employment because they had me do that again for some reason. Weird. Yeah. They must not trust you for some reason. I think it's just... You doing drugs at work? No, I think it's just that they need to, like, go through the whole proper process of, like, having me apply again and having to fill out everything because, like, they even, like, just yesterday, they had me go meet up with, like, one of the HR people to have to, like, present my ID and social security card for, like, the last part of the I-9 stuff. So, like, I think it's just that they literally couldn't actually grab anything from the staffing agency that had hired me. Mm -hmm. Which is really weird because also the staffing agency earlier today sent me an email reminder being like, hey, remember, open enrollment's going. And it's like, did you guys not get the notice that I'm only going to be technically your employee for another week? <laughs> not because huh. as of the 27th that i shift over to working for the actual company proper which unfortunately doesn't come with a price increase and with well not uh you know salary increase or anything like that but it's like well you know basically i was like one of maybe like two or three people in my hiring group that was brought on as like basically what they call an external employee but like everybody was making right. the same amount anyway it's just the only difference was that i didn't technically work for the company for the first two months basically so yeah, but at least it's way I'll start accumulating PTO and actually have like, you know, stuff like sick days and holiday days and holiday pay and insurance. That's something at least, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, also to being fair, like yesterday I also had my electrolysis, which I got to a little bit late because I got stuck in Hartford traffic because one fucking highway in particular is a nightmare and there was not one but two accidents on it yesterday night in the evening people don't know how to fucking <laughs> drive and the first one got past it pretty quickly the second one i had to wait another like 15 minutes before i actually got past it and as soon as i got stuck in traffic that long i was like i know how this is gonna be it's gonna be that there's like one car off to the side of the road there's going to be no cop cars around it, no ambulance or anything like that around it. The car's going to look totally fine, and it's like, what the hell happened to it? And I get there. <laughs> to be fair, it was four cars, but they were all totally fine. There was nobody around them acting like their cars had blown up or something. There was no cop cars, no ambulance. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this that these four cars cause even more of a backup when they're all off to the side, not in the way? And there's nothing physically wrong with them. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first one at least, it was like yeah, the hood, like the whole, the whole hood, like accordion up and like folded backwards and stuff. So it's like yeah, that's like pretty much the straight up, like towards the windshield kind of deal. Like that was actually an accident, accident. I don't know what was going on with the other ones. 
yeah, so as a result, I got there late, so we started late, and so I didn't get home till almost like close to like 8.30, so I basically just didn't really get to do a whole lot last night. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know, I basically just bring all my stuff with me to work, and then once I get to my car, I basically just like take off the like makeup I use to conceal like facial hair and stuff, and then apply the cream and all, and then just go right from there. Because basically I have to go the same trajectory anyway. I just basically drive a little bit past where my apartment is to get to the um, electrolysis location. It's just that I never could actually get to my apartment on time to be able to have the whole like 45 minutes that the numbing cream needs to prepare half of the side of my face. Because I basically just like, it's weird to say it, but like lather up half of it. And then when mm -hmm, I get there, mm -hmm. I basically like, you know, lather up the other half. And it's still so weird to me and so funny yeah. that I have to use saran wrap to keep it fresh. So it's like, I'm also bringing a roll of saran wrap with me to work and just leaving it in my car. And then hoping that when I'm driving by, nobody looks over at my car and sees this weird person with saran wrap around their neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Try to get some goop on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some goop on it. It's got to stay nice and fresh. So it's got to have the saran wrap to protect it. It doesn't numb up proper if you don't do that. It's just, again, me being a little paranoid individual, just being like, please don't look at me and don't ask about the saran wrap. <laughs> please. That's how I was like every time I was going to my electrolysis during my four months of unemployment, because it's like I was just going right from my apartment to there. And because I would always be leaving like at like 520 or so in the evening, it's like, okay, people are probably getting home from work. Please nobody walk into the building as I'm walking out and look at me weird. Sure, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I never had anybody give me, like, ask me about it, but I definitely have had some people pass by, and I just kind of, like, look down the ground just being like, please don't ask me. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's just kind of been how my week has been. Not a whole lot going on. Yeah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I read a bunch of books. Uh... Applied for more jobs that I, I'm going to say that I will probably hear back from, but that's mostly just me trying not to manifest horrible things into this world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know how it be. Mm -hmm. Been watching a lot of Doctor Who lately. I decided to go back and rewatch the, the modern series starting in 2005 while I'm working because what else am I gonna do? Yeah. I gotta have something on the TV or I'll die. You definitely had brought up at some point how the TARDIS is sentient and also sometimes people fuck it and I'm like, you know, I, brought, I had to ask that to be like, so... Okay, <laughs> no. I absolutely did not bring that up, thank you. No one, no one, to be clear, <laughs> no one has sex with the TARDIS. They have sex in the TARDIS. Okay, I think I jumped to some conclusion. Maybe I misread something back then, because like, I had to ask, like, so the TARDIS is sentient, right? Does it use pronouns? And people were like, yeah, it does. And then I, she it, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think at some point, I think maybe I got the wires crossed a little bit of like how people fuck in the TARDIS and me getting like, confused if people fuck the TARDIS. <laughs> I don't know. Now, to be like, we have one singular absolutely canonical instance of that happening of people fucking in the TARDIS we don't like presumably it probably happened more than once because it did happen the one <laughs> like if it's happened if it's happened once before it's gotta have happened that multiple like multiple times right it can't just be like a one-off thing it's like the thing is is that most of the time the doctor only has one companion at a time so 
she's not, and I say she because usually when it's one companion at a time, it's usually a lady. She's not most of the time going to be, you know, bringing people back to her driver's house slash car to, <laughs> to get on. You know what I mean? But there were a few seasons there where he was traveling with a married couple. So like, mm. okay, I guess follow up question. Has the doctor always had TARDIS or is like did the TARDIS have a different owner beforehand? Um, that's not a question we know the answer to. Okay. Because if there was a previous owner, someone else has had to have at least fucked in the TARDIS besides the, doc the doctor's friends. <laughs> well, it's... So, way back when, when the doctor was William Hartnell, and he was like 60 to 70-ish years old, he stole the TARDIS but she was, like, an outdated, outmoded model. So we never know if she had previous owners, but also, like, <laughs> you know, she was outdated and outmoded by the time he stole her. Using, so. using the phrasing as, like, having a different owner feels weird when it's, like, again, the TARDIS is a sentient being that just can't talk to them. <laughs> yep. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably pretty weird to spend a couple thousand years with the same person and not be able to talk to him, huh? Yeah, and also, if the, it, it's like, I guess it's going back to, like, Infinity Train, it's like if so, somebody has to have fucked inside the hotel castle that, uh, uh, what's it called? That, uh, I don't believe yeah. that. I'm sorry, no. Not because I don't believe people would do that, but because I believe Morgan would fully throw them out the right. window. Right, some reason I'm like a Morgan thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Morgan does not want any of that nonsense going down inside of her. She wants you inside her, not anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so again, what you're saying is, much like how I mis was misinterpreting how people fuck the TARDIS, somebody maybe has at least fucked Morgan? <laughs> I mean, why do you think she was so upset when Jeremy left? <laughs> That's because she's lonely, that's how I read it. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Jeremy was there for, like, five years or so with them, and then just from Ken saying one thing, he realizes the one thing that's really been blocking him from getting off the train. <laughs> So, you know, uh, it turns out it was pretty abrupt. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I've, I've never seen a single episode of Doctor Who, so again, I was I was working off of what I was given, which uh, was misinterpreted into people that fucked the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, well, no. There was one episode in which the soul got sucked out of the TARDIS and stuffed into a human corpse, so she was able to talk to him. But no, nothing, wait, even wait, in that form, okay, wait, nothing happened. But you said as into a human corpse, right? Mm -hmm. So, But the corpse is a corpse. Corpses can't talk. <laughs> they can if they have someone's soul stuffed in them. That's how life works. <laughs> but, but, but it's a non-functional body. It's dead. <laughs> Not once you stuff a soul in there. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is resurrection 101 <laughs> have you never cast Ray's dead <laughs> well i mean but yeah but like i feel like a part of the whole like implication there is you're also like turning the body's functions back on not just shoving a soul in there and that's what does it 
shoving a soul in there turns the functions back on. It's part of it. That's how it works. Uh, I mean, to be fair, the few times I actually had to like raise a person from the dead last time, it's like I was actually only just casting Revivify because raise dead ain't on the druid spell list. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. You know, that's how it is. They get true resurrection. Just, just didn't come up because uh, there was never a point where I had to try to like re- re- like resurrect a person who is dead for like hundred years. <laughs> just reincarnate everybody. They won't mind. Yeah, you know, you say that, but it's like sometimes it works out. Like when our uh, favorite soul got reincarnated as a badger and actually got way stronger as a result, because badgers in 3.5 are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like had like a bonus to con that the character didn't have before, and also a bonus to AC because small creature. And then it's like, well, we can just get like custom made armor for the badger, and then like we have a badger who's literally casting a spell that basically makes him fly and shoot lightning from his eyes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, how did the how did you get stronger as a badger? It's like, oh, <laughs> it was happened that way. <laughs> and it was so funny too, because like when he realized that, he was like pretty much laughing back at us when we spent like a good solid hour laughing because the GM had assigned twenty different races to a D twenty, and number lucky thirteen was badger. And I was like, oh, please let it be fucking badger, and then it was badger. <laughs> <laughs> and so we spent a whole hour laughing, and then he's like, wait a sec, I'm actually way better as a badger. <laughs> this rules. <laughs> That, that was in the very first D&D campaign I ever played, too. It's weird. That'll do yep. it. Never went back, huh? No, I mean, it was it was the same group. <laughs> it's, it was the same GM as the GM, as my, like, act, like, my GM these days. It's, you know, some of those players have, like, drifted off. Like, the guy who was playing the Badger has, like, kind of drifted off over the years. Uh, in terms of just, like, having to, like, not bother with scheduling and stuff. But no, it's like I've I've stuck with that group ever since. It's the thing. <laughs> literally, I've known uh, them for like uh, literally almost twenty years at this point. Twenty years of next October. Huh. <laughs> Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Tabletop games—they're weird, just like Doctor Who. Mm. <laughs> 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 I mean, so, sometimes they can be weird, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's kind of an inevitability if you have multiple people collaborating on a, a, like a shared story that it's like it's it's gonna get a little strange at times, <laughs> just because of how many people are just gonna occasionally sneak in jokes and stuff. Well, yeah, no, that's fair. I just, I don't think that there there's relative levels of weirdness. Mm-hmm. There's, like, doing a weird thing in a TTRPG, and then there's the doctor beat Cthulhu because his companion played the bagpipes, and the noise was so horrible that the elder gods of the universe could not withstand it. Yeah, that's, that's I guess that's on two different levels. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mostly am thinking along the lines of, like, stuff where, like, our GM uh, snuck in an Alex Max reference in, like, one of our superhero campaigns. Which I didn't realize until it's like, wait, this character's name is Mackenzie Alexander, and her whole superpower thing is she's turning into like a like silvery blob. And like once she did that the first time, I was like, oh god damn it, this is a fucking Alex Max reference. And the GM was so excited, he's like, it is a fucking Alex Max reference. Now didn't you fucking get it until now? It's been like two hours. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I see we didn't see her superpowers, and also I was just like, Mackenzie Alexander is just a name, I guess. <laughs> I didn't realize it was it's literally Alex Max switched around. Mm-hmm. Also, to be fair, I didn't watch a whole lot of Alex Max as a kid. 
Which, uh, a lot of our listeners probably actually don't know what the fuck Alex Max is, now I'm realizing. <laughs> Why would they not know? I don't understand. Because they're young. <laughs> At least some of them. Some, what, what difference does that make? Some, they weren't around back then? <laughs> no, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> well, see, unfortunately, like, most people are actually, like, more at the time, so that's how aging works. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. I don't get it, but sure. Uh, that's how it makes people happy to go about their lives. Who am I to complain, huh? Yeah. I mean, some uh, people like to age and, like, you know, do stuff like, I don't know, learn how to drive a car and drink or whatever. <laughs> I didn't like either. Yeah, but just always have been able to drive a car and drink. Since the day you were born. If time is a constant, then, yeah. Like, ah, uh, life, bring me a beer. <laughs> If you experience all time simultaneously without being moored to the linearity of it, then yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you're saying you were basically like a Benjamin Button lady, uh, uh, baby, basically, and then like you immediately hit pause on time itself, just being like, nope, I'm not gonna reverse. Nah, more like a Doctor Manhattan thing. Also, sorry, I don't know why I said lady when I meant baby. <laughs> that's a misspelling. That's not a misspelling. Uh, that's my that's my brain at times not saying the right words. Sorry. <laughs> Brains do be like that. It's all good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I appreciate it, though. Lady is far from the worst thing I've been called. Yeah, true, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like that's kind of the problem with a lot of people not understanding trans stuff. <laughs> like my work actually just sent an email earlier today being like, we, there, we've been hearing some people uh, gossiping about other co-workers, and I, I was like reading that being like, okay, hey, are y'all like 12? What the fuck? This isn't high school. Shut the fuck up about like talking about other people. And also like, B, unfortunately, this makes me immediately go to like, has somebody figured me out? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it didn't specify anything of, like, who those being talked about, but it's, like, my brain immediately went there of, like, yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, nor do I. Mm. Yep. Uh, one, <laughs> one of just the things you have to kind of just accept is going to happen occasionally when you're like, yep, I'm trans in America in 2023. <laughs> Yeah, I had an interesting incident at the uh, Scottish Society a while back, which, like, you know, I haven't... I've been in the process for a few years now, right? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, okay, I admit I went away to Canada, but I went to a Scottish Society luncheon a couple weeks back, and one of the folks there said to my face, Oh, it's you. I, I would not have recognized you. Okay. And, like, for one thing, we just saw each other two weeks ago. What are you talking about? Mm. (laughs) Did you see me two weeks ago and think I was a totally different person? Is that the confusion? (laughs) Like, it's like, I'm just imagining you, like, like, looking at your chest. It's like, these didn't just emerge after, like, the last two weeks and the last time. We had a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, it's, it's... 
It's also a bad point of reference, but I can't help but remember like that episode of Family Guy when like Peter's talking about like from like in high his high school days when he started noticing girls and it's just like girls just sitting there and like their boobs are literally just popping into existence. <laughs> like all around him. And I don't I don't know why that's where I'm going to in that whole like yeah, boobs bo- like no boobs one day, boobs the next. Which I mean I yeah, I guess in a way yeah, if only, right? I guess in a way that's what happened with me when I got my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> there was at least some boob there before, even if it wasn't much. <laughs> it's so hard to be patient. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that's like, yep. Uh, I I know way too many people who have been in hormones for less time than me who are like, you know, talking to vacation, being like, ah, I'm so tired of fucking waiting, and it's like, why can't I get to where you are? Fine. It's like, well, you know, a. It's a time thing. Sorry, it sucks to say that, but also B, please don't compare yourself to me because I literally had a surgery to fix that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like just because just because I've been like this size for like uh the first like two, basically even less than two years of being on hormones, it's like that's a different case. That's me literally having to spend twelve thousand dollars on surgery. <laughs> twelve thousand. That, that's how much it was. Seriously. Yeah. Jeez. Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut's expensive. Also, boob, like, All right. like, I think the average BA, depending on the size and where you get it from, I think is like at minimum like 8,000 to like 12. It's like that. So I guess it's like. A... I don't know. The billboards around here advertise them for 5K. Maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe Texas just has like cheaper <laughs> prices then. I don't know. I don't like that. Maybe we just got a really shoddy surgeon who pays for billboards. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends. I mean, I guess like I mean, aside from obviously the recovery process, I've never had any problem with them. So I guess we at least got what we paid for. <laughs> I, don't know. I thought I, I was like pretty sure I brought up the price last year when it happened, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, unfortunately again like money is a, also a big factor in this stuff because it's often gets in the way of people actually getting what they want or even yeah i'll say geez yeah. i don't know it's like i i am two weeks out from the four-year anniversary on the pills which is hey, hard to believe hey, one hang on. but exactly two weeks uh two weeks and a day December 1st. How is it that, like, us uh, starting pills is within a day of each other? Because my third anniversary is literally two weeks from now on the 30th. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think we realize this until just now. <laughs> nope. Like, only doing this for almost two years. And it's like, what? How do we not talk about that? That you started pills on December 1st and I started pills on November 30th. <laughs> well, it is a little strange with me because December 1st is when I started taking the black market bootleg pills. So the the real official one is in August, but you know. Yeah. Like um, you still at least started on a kind of pill, even if it's the stuff you're doing over the counter and mix mixing stuff together. Yeah. So it just like, you know, I'm doing pretty well over here, but I still don't have cleavage, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, like is it like you said like last time that I think you mentioned it, I think you were sitting at F cup, right? <laughs> Uh, if I were to measure using the traditional measuring system, I believe I would be a G at this mm-hmm. point. However, that's not, like, accurate because of the way boobs sit on a trans torso. Yeah. So I still need them to fill out more if they're going to look right. Yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like, 
you know, if you do like the usual like old metric of like, you know, bust minus underbust or whatever, it's like, well, that would claim I'm a 30D and it's like, thir first off, no 30 size bra fits on me well because it feels like it's constraining my chest. And also, yeah, as much as I like my boobs, these ain't these. <laughs> Yeah, mostly I wear, I think it's a 36D these days, which is good. I'm not going to pretend yeah. it's not, but, you know, I need a couple more sizes if this is going to look the best it can. Yeah, like basically, and it's. I yeah. usually wear like a 34C because, like, I, I know that, like, the surgeon said it was going to be like, you know, large B, small C, just based on like the little bit I already had. So it's like, okay, well you know, 34C is what fits, so it's like, that's usually what I say I'm at, because it's like, well, that's the one I, I wear usually, even if it's like, I don't know, but I'm sure if you looked at, like, 34C on, like, a cishet person with boobs compared to me, it's like, maybe theirs just looks normal, or not not normal, mm -hmm. but, like, more natural, I guess, and also have cleavage compared to me. To be fair, mine do get pretty close if I, like, try to push them together to, like, touch and stuff, yeah. but, like, they don't really stay that in that orientation to be close enough to cleavage. Ha! Uh, yeah, see, I don't even, even if I push them together, it's still not. <laughs> Friggin' broad torso. Yeah. Why did I spend all those years working manual labor and widening myself? <laughs> but nah, I don't, I don't really remember why I started talking about that. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, you know, it's like we we always are just like, wait, how do we deviate to talk about boobs? And it's like, to be fair, we're trans people. It doesn't take as much mm -hmm. to deviate to talk about tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, you know, it's just like puberty can take up to ten years for lady types, and I don't want to wait another six years to have my boobs in. Yeah, that, that's always like the one thing that is like just such a crapshoot in terms of like you know people asking like how long does it usually take till you hit max, and it's like because like before I started, I always heard like two to five years, but then like the more digging I did, people are like, okay, well some people have up to like ten years to what they mm -hmm. say in terms of maximum results. And also, like, to be fair, a lot of people are also, like, being like, uh, nobody's really fucking sure, honestly. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. So, again, it's like, well, I guess I could get more than what I have. And it's like, I wouldn't say no to that. You know, basically being two weeks out from three years. So, like, you know, could be, could be more, <laughs> could be stuck here because it doesn't, like, I've measured them occasionally. Like, they haven't changed since, like, when I first got the implants, but then really. So, it's like, Maybe I've just been having like a weird year of like not having anything because like you said you were like that for a while until you moved to Canada and then you exploded basically. Yeah, I picked up like three or four sizes yeah. immediately when upon moving to Canada. Yeah, so it's like uh, I guess I gotta get that good Canadian estrogen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Not immediately. It wasn't like a fetish. I mean, video, I mean, you know yeah, I mean. yeah. You didn't, you didn't have like anime inflation level stuff going on. <laughs> it was within a couple months. Though. Yeah, it was... It, it was. It was still like you, like you moved there, and then like in like, what was it? By like uh, January of like the following year, you were like, huh, okay. <laughs> well, because I moved there in at the end of December, so. Oh, okay. I was yeah. thinking that you, right, because I was forgetting when you started, right, you moved there, like, right before I moved to Connecticut, right? 
<laughs> yeah, I was like trying to remember the time frame of like I was thinking that you went there in like the end of August for like the school semester starting in September. That's why I was went with January. Nah. But yeah, by, basically by like April or May, you're like so boobs up. Huh? <laughs> yep, mm -hmm, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I gotta go back. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, uh, somebody, a very generous person, can donate to the Patreon to fund our uh, Canadian estrogen trip. And then we'll go there and stockpile <laughs> on it. In all seriousness, I think probably what it was is just that I was eating pretty bad when I was up there on account of every place has poutine and I wanted it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you put on fat, you put on boobs, right? Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. it's connected, so. Yeah, people always say that, like, basically being like, here's how you grow more boobs. And it's like, a lot of them is just like, just eat more. And it's like, ah, I wish I could. My stomach is kind of small, though. <laughs> Mm -hmm. also be fair right uh, right, by, right living by yourself food is expensive <laughs> but what if you ate a pound of french fries and it cost you eight dollars and also had gravy on oh, it oh boy <laughs> that's that's so much french fries though <laughs> uh, but gravy yeah, I I think it's just because I've never had poutine so like I just can't say if I would like the taste of gravy on french fries I mean, it's easy to check. I mean, true, it is easy to check. And also, when my mom visits in two weeks for my transversary, she's actually going to, like, do, like, a mini Thanksgiving here. Like, she's gonna, actually going to make, like, a little turkey and uh, stuffing and gravy and mashed potatoes and stuff. And it's like, I've got frozen fries in the fridge. Guess I could technically uh -huh. test that to see. Yeah. Get you some nice cheese curds, uh, and uh, you're off to the races. The problem is I don't like cheese. <laughs> well, that's why you get the curds and not the shredded stuff. Mm. I, don't know. I, I think it's it's mostly that like when it comes to cheese, it's mostly because it's like usually in like a melted form. Cause it's, you know, yeah, yeah, like... yeah. That's why you want the because the curds don't melt unless you get them way too uh, hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're like, like milk nuggets, yeah. but cheese. Like, like melted cheese to me is like disinteresting because it's like, I can I can eat a grilled cheese no problem because it's like the cheese is like kind of only like partially melted. It's still like pretty much just the slice of cheese, at least the way my mom made grilled cheese. But like when it comes to pizza, it's like usually it's like mm, nope, can't deal with that. Gotta take the cheese off and like there's sometimes like some kind of pizza pla pizza places the cheese is like a certain consistency and texture that I can actually eat it that way, but like usually it's like being like, mm, nope, don't like this texture, it's it's a mouthfeel thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's me. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, I've noticed that stuff a lot more getting older, but also like the cheese thing has just kind of persisted throughout my life. Like these days it's like mostly like a chocolate thing where it's like I can't eat just like a thing that's just like chocolate with nothing else on it. <laughs> Like, I, I can eat, like, Reese's Cups just fine, but I usually go with the Thins because it's like, well, at least there's, like, less chocolate there, and it's, like, the mixture of, like, chocolate and peanut butter, I think, is, like, what really helps not feel like it's getting just stuck in my throat. But it's, like... Right. It's, like, my mom sent, like, a whole box of, like, Easter candy early this year, and I was like, um, I appreciate it, but also, I've told you before, I can't eat stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally will feel like I'm gonna throw up if I'm trying to eat this chocolate rabbit. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. And then as a result, it's out of the fridge. And when she was here back in June for Pride Month, she's like, "Wait, that's the that's that the Easter candy I sent you?" And it's like, "Yeah, because I told you I can't eat that stuff." 
Yeah, chocolate lasts a while at least, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I've had to keep reminding her at times, just being like, yep, yeah, no, if you want to send me something for like, you know, to be fair, I don't think she would necessarily send something there for Christmas this year because she's going to be here like literally a few weeks before. It's like, if you're going to send me something, don't send chocolate. I'm not going to be able to eat it, really, because most of the things you send are just pure chocolate. <laughs> or chocolate with chocolate. Good crust. reasoning. Yeah. It's like, save your money. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my uh. weird dietary stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, it's like stuff like that changes over time. Like, I remember as a kid not liking, like, like, I could, like, deal with coffee if I was just, like, dunking, like, cookies in it, but it's, like, the actual taste of the coffee itself just drank, like, drank that straight. I'd hate it. But as an adult, it's, like, I drink coffee every day. I don't understand. Coffee is one of the worst things. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's actually not good for you is the thing. <laughs> no, I mean, flavor-wise. <laughs> I don't, uh, to be fair, I mean, yeah, no, I've gotten more experimental with, like, different flavors of coffee, and I found ones I like a lot rather than just, like... Like, I'm mostly I'm thinking of, like, the ones I had access to as a kid was just, like, Folders, and it's like, ugh, the Folders is just crap coffee. <laughs> Gotta get actual flavored coffee and not just stuff like that. That is, like, this is just for serviceable amounts. This is just to keep me going. <laughs> it's like, no, you gotta get some actual flavor in there. <sighs> yep. I don't know. I just... I would rather do shots of the ridiculous, over-the-top, insane hot sauce than drink a cup of coffee. Jeez. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Patriot supporters, <laughs> if you want to see that, uh, don't donate. Don't don't give us money for that. <laughs> Why not? I'll do it. I have no shame. I'll eat a weird thing if you give me money. I've done it before. Do you really want that? One time. Do you want that set on the internet, though? <laughs> One time when I was at scout camp when I was younger, I got paid 20 bucks to slam an entire bottle of soy sauce. I have uh, done things like this before. Uh, God. <laughs> uh, I guess it's just a me thing then where I'm like, no, I, I would like, I, I like the taste of like soy sauce on rice and stuff like that, but I wouldn't want to drink it from the bottle straight. I still do shots of it sometimes. Jeez. Oh, it's really nice when I get my salt cravings, which I do because I'm still on the stupid pills and the pills give you salt cravings, unlike shots, so... Yeah, maybe that's why I haven't noticed... Like, I feel like, now you bring that up, I feel like I did also definitely notice, like, more salt cravings on the pills compared to injections nowadays. But also, to be fair, mm -hmm. like, I've always just liked, like, salty foods anyway, because, like, I'm a big, like, pretzels fan and stuff like that. Anyway, uh, Kiyoshi, huh? <laughs> finish the rest of this tea before it goes cold. <laughs> you know, I think about it. Uh, but yeah, um, I've been like struggling for the past several minutes to try and come up with a with a transition yeah, here, but it's just not working. That's why I was so. like, so Kiyoshi? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of people who's Tea is getting cold? Question mark. <laughs> Again, to be fair, I didn't go back and re-listen to these episodes, like these chapters. So it's like I don't think anybody drinks tea in these chapters. No, they no. definitely don't. This is why I'm having so much trouble. <laughs> I guess speaking of eating questionable food stuff, because they sell the jar of kelp. I don't know. <laughs> well, that 
I guess, but kelp isn't a questionable foodstuff. It's... I guess I just wouldn't think of kelp as like a food. Is the thing I get, I get that obviously yeah. fish and otters and stuff eat them, but people usually don't. <laughs> At least not that I'm thinking of. It's no different than seaweed. I guess. I mean, it is different than seaweed, but only in like a substantive way. You know what it's, I mean? It's still a plant that grows in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. My chapter this week, The Boy from Makapu, or Makapu, or Makapu, I don't remember how the, we were saying The audiobook this. I remember said Makapu. I, you know what, I think I was saying it Makapu. Um, we were, yeah, when we initially did this, because, again, it's like, it's kind of just Because I am six. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, it's like, they do say the town it sucks, <laughs> so it's like, I feel like it's actually yeah. mm-hmm. names. Okay. Um, so we... Where we cut off last time, uh, Kyoshi and Rangi were heading inside after Rangi had saved Kyoshi's jar of kelp, and Yun is, like, on a rooftop not far away, sort of watching them, and he's basically seeing the end of that scene as they yell at each other, and he just smiles, thinking about how cute the two of them are together, and he really wishes he could be over there with them, because they are a polycule, but no, he's got work to do. So he slides down off the roof where he uh, lands perfectly. It's beautiful, except uh, his teacher, Heyron, is right there in front of him. Uh, Heyron used to be the headmistress of the Royal Fire Academy for Girls, but she quit that position so she could come train the Avatar because, like Jeonju, she was one of Kurok's companions back in the day. But uh, the thing is, is that she's a pretty serious taskmaster, and so the fact that she saw him on the roof and then do, like, a bunch of flips and stuff to get down, eh, not good. Um, He does tell her that he finished his exercises early. He did 500 squats, which, wild. Yeah, I'm just... Anybody <laughs> like me who's played Ring Fit Adventure didn't tell you after, like, just one thing of doing squats for the stupid ring, you're like, I never want to do this again. Especially if, it, especially if they're the low squats, because you got to get real down there, and it feels like you're going to uh-huh. have your butt touch the ground. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, her response to this, though, is just, uh, yeah, you did 500 squats, and instead of moving on to the next exercise, you just lounge around on the roof. Obviously, this is why you can't do fire yet. Your mind is too weak. You're so lazy. <laughs> what a bad boy you are. <laughs> Just rolls up the newspaper and smacks Yoon on the nose of it like he's a cat. Yes. Um, Yoon does note that Heyron is never like this when Rangi is around, and he suspects that, like, because Rangi basically worships the Avatar, she's a true believer in the whole spiritual nature of the thing, and so he thinks that the reason Heyron is easier on him when Rangi isn't there is so she doesn't see her mom, like, beating up the icon of <laughs> her true faith, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, you know, Rangi's in the room, and, like, Heyron is, like, patting Yun on the head, and as soon as she, like, leaves the room, Heyron instead just immediately slaps him across the face. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, he, he describes it as his image having to be carefully maintained, like, uh, basically like a bonsai tree, except he, he's a person. He's just not allowed to seem human. So he drops into stance and he goes through his um his sequence and it's perfect. It's perfect the entire way. He's doing this um fire fist sequence, it's called. And while he's doing it, Heron is lecturing him, but 
because he's doing it perfectly, there's like nothing really to lecture him about, so it's just her being disappointed in him the whole time. Um, I will find a way to criticize this child. <laughs> yeah, basically. So she's still just going off on like, what you do when no one is watching is who you are, so uh, the fact that you didn't do your exercises makes you a bad person. And Yun doesn't think she actually believes that, but he does think that it's like, since he is not getting results, she thinks there must be something wrong, and so she's just picking on whatever she possibly can, since his results are perfect, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he just keeps doing these these fire fists, and Heron is like lecturing him about the history of avatars who tried to not train and just coast by on their talents, and this makes Yun so angry that he slips, which is weird for him, but he he's so angry that she thinks he's taking it easy, when in fact he is literally not sleeping because he is studying everything every Avatar has ever done. He's memorized every single noble in the Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation commanders, and Water Tribe chieftains, and he's memorized all of these going back three generations into dead people, which, like... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he's done that. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's also, like, found some ancient Air Nomad ruins that no one else knew where they were because he was able to study the maps so hard. He is going all out. It is unbelievable how hard he was working. And the fact that he's done all of this and is still being lectured on how lazy he is is just, like... Uh, he knows Heron knows that and thinks he that she's trying to make him angry, but nevertheless, he becomes angry. And so what he does is... um. The next punch he throws, he fires like a cloud of dust with it, because he is an earthbender, he can do that. And th this dust just bursts out into the shape of a flame. He's using the dust to essentially shadow puppet fire. It's just, you know, white, because it's marble dust. And um, then, yeah, this this makes Heron so angry, she is very close to actually hitting him. But uh, she says that, uh, you know, once upon a time, masters used to maim their students for doing things like this. And Yun just has to grin because he essentially puts on this grinning idiot clown persona as a way to survive the horrific conditions he's been put through. To survive all the literal torture. <laughs> yeah, basically. But uh, right as uh, Heron is about to get into it with him, Jeonju shows up, and he wants them to take a break. So they go into, um, it's honestly like the, the Avatar training ground equivalent of the shed where you keep all the red uh, beach ball, or the red rubber balls for recess, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, it, it's just full of crap that you would play with in the yard to train benders with, you know, uh, hollow clay discs, that sort of thing. And... Um, Jeonju has brought a tea set with him, apparently. So they're just going to have tea in this dusty old building <laughs> full of crap. Um, he's also brought a Paisho board with him. And the thing is, Yun is very good at Paisho, but recently he has not been allowed to play it because it has been considered a distraction to his mastering the elements. He he's having so much difficulty getting past Earth that like they haven't let him do anything he enjoys because... Clearly, if you enjoy something, you're doing it wrong. Um, so I guess we're podcasting wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I hate this so the obligation we decide to give ourselves. <laughs> That's how you know you're good at it. Um, 
So they play this game, and over the game, Jeonju says that uh, Tagaka has agreed to sign a treaty with them. Uh, the, Tagaka is the queen of the Daofei, which, if you remember, are essentially bandit clans, but she's specifically the queen of the seagoing bandits, so she's, you know, the pirate queen. And they've been trying to come to a deal with her for years, but uh, eventually... The thing is, is that she finally learns that they have the Avatar. Um, she didn't know that before, so she wasn't willing to deal, but now she is. So <laughs> and uh, as a result, the, what they're going to do in this treaty is they're going to stop raiding the coastlines along the mountains. And indeed, they will not raise her colors within sight of the Eastern Air Temple. Um... In exchange for this, they are getting uh, access to the timber on a specific island, which, realistically, they've already been logging for, like, a decade now. Because the thing is, is that they are pirates. They live on boats, so they need wood. So... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's kind of, kind of a limitation of being uh, somebody who spends all your time out at sea. Yeah, 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 just get you a tree bender and... <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I mean, I guess you would definitely need, like, a really skilled waterbender because of the moisture that's inside trees, right? Yeah, there is a bender in, I think it's the second graphic novel, who uses plants as her weapons by manipulating the water inside them, but it's usually just vines, not yeah. wood. Oh, there, so. there was also those, uh, the swamp guys in the original show as well. That's true, yeah. The vines around because the vines just have so much water in them. Yeah, that's fair. Um, hey, you know what? They are drinking tea, so there you go. Okay. I did it. Hey. That was a great transition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, right, yeah, because they go to have tea in this room, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. Um, but anyway, Yun realizes that this isn't actually a victory, because, yeah, she's going to stop raiding that area, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop raiding altogether. They're just going to go somewhere else and cause trouble somewhere else, right? So all we're giving them is official access to this wood that they're stealing anyway, and we get nothing for it. Jeonju uh, asks what Yun would do instead, and again, they're still playing this pie show game the whole time, but uh, the thing is, is that <laughs> Yun has been, like, traveling all over the world. It, they fly with Kelsong on his bison, who is named Pong Pong, which I dislike because I, that's just a really mean name to give to an animal. Why would you name an animal Stinky Stinky? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you've seen what Sky Bison look like. They're probably, they're probably, they have so much hair all over them. They're big creatures. They probably actually stink a bit. <laughs> Yeah, probably, but you don't have to remind them all the time. <laughs> well, well, fortunately, this is fantasy Asia, so like the translation actually doesn't apply. So Pong Pong doesn't understand that you're secretly well. Of her. I don't know what it means in whatever language it's sourced from. Pong is a stench in uh, British English. Oh, okay, gotcha. I don't, I thought you actually looked up the, like the origin name of Pong Pong. No, 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 I just know the colloquial meaning in the language I speak. <laughs> now, now I'm going on the Avatar Wiki to see if it says anything about the name origin. Uh, the character that... I'm, I, yeah, the character that represents Pong is comprised of one that means drum and a pictograph, which means beats. So it could... Her name could literally be, like, drum beating? <laughs> hmm... 
Well, I guess that makes sense in a way, sort of. Also, more commonly used as a surname, this character is also an adjective meaning big. <laughs> so she could her name could uh, literally well, be Big Drum. <laughs> I do like Big Drum. That is pretty good. Um, yes, so th they've been traveling all over the place to meet all these important people, using the Flying Bison to do that, because Flying Bison is by far the fastest way to travel in this reality. Um... And essentially, the goal is to just make sure that Yun meets the people he needs to, because the Avatar is supposed to be a diplomat, you know? Supposed to go to places and work out problems without biasing themselves toward one place or the other, so he gets uh, to go all over the place. But the last time they went out, and was uh, not that at all, they went out to see the damage done by the quote, largest coordinated pirate raid on the southeast coast of the Earth Kingdom mainlands in over a century. That is a lot of qualifiers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, Yun really thought that this was going to be horrible. Uh, he thought he was going to be seeing corpses. Uh, he thought, like, people would be burning and dying as they went there. But actually, no, there was no one there. I, I mean, it doesn't seem like anything happened at all. Like, tables had been abandoned with food cooked on them. Like, people were in the middle of dinner. They're just gone. And the thing is, is that uh, Tagaka took them all. She didn't kill anybody. She took all the villagers. And, yeah, the, the only stuff that they took was the bells. The village bells, drums, and gongs. Which, at least a little bit, is because they're valuable. Because they're made of bronze, and that's hard to get in this part of the country. But also, it's because, uh, you know, they took all the warning signs from this village, so if someone else decides to settle down here, they won't have a, a, a warning alarm if the pirates come back, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the pirates uh, had actually kidnapped about a thousand people, which really put it in uh, Yun's head that Tagaka was more dangerous than any other pirate that had ever been on the Eastern Sea. Um Yun, like, spent that entire night screaming at Jeonju because the Earth King was absolutely not going to do anything about this on account of these people were basically worthless to the Empire. So, cool, I guess. Kings are great, aren't they? Um, yeah, no, it's a thing that just comes up so often in this franchise, but the Earth King usually fucking sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I've been reading a bunch of the graphic novels lately, and Kue is such a pain. I do not like Kue. Which one's Kue? He's okay. Hmm? Which one is Kue? He's the one with the bear. Oh, right, okay. I forgot that guy actually had a name. <laughs> yep. Hmm. I'm, pretty sure everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody just calls him the Earth King or, like, Your Majesty in the few episodes he shows up in. I don't remember them actually saying his name. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, there's a whole thing in one of the graphic novels where, like, he's trying to essentially colonize the southern water tribes because they're not civilized the way the rest of the world is, and he doesn't want to take over. He just wants to bring them up to a higher level of civilization, you know. That dude stinks. <laughs> I mean, he also managed to let himself be uh, misled for, throughout all his reign about there being a war at all. 
But yeah, well, that's the thing, right? He seems like he's a good dude once they finally get through to him, but it turns out that no, in the comics, no. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yes, so with that flashback ending, Yun is staring at his pie show board, thinking about what happened, thinking about the people that were taken, and his solution to this is that uh, they're going to take the offer and they're going to pretend that they're super happy to do it because getting like in the same place as Tagaka is the only way that they can hope to rescue all those captives. So it'll also buy time for the coastal areas to try and build up defenses while she's raiding somewhere else. And uh, if they're lucky, then maybe she'll get too overconfident and go fight the Fire Navy and get killed immediately because it's the Fire Navy. Um, he really does not like this. Uh, he hates this idea, but it's still the most logical solution to him, and it's pretty easy for him to, you know, make it work. But Janju loves it, because this is exactly what Janju wants an avatar to be. See, to Yun, this is like manipulating the nations that he's supposed to be keeping in balance and using them against each other. But to Janju, it's just a smart and good plan. So... <laughs> Janju really prioritizes, I think, um, not, how do I put, he, he wants things to go his way as quickly and easily as possible, even if that means betraying his principles, because he has none. (laughs) Man sucks, as we'll find out in the future. (laughs) No, the past. Um, Fuck. Yeah, in the past. But also, we'll find out that he sucks in, like, two pages from now. Yeah, we will. (laughs) (laughs) But yes. Um, So anyway, Jonju is so thrilled about this, because he he has this whole rant about, like, how Yun has the insight to think ahead and see people's weaknesses and knows how to pull the threads of the future, and how there's not a solution to this Fifth Nation problem through bending, but there will be through strategy, and Oh, you are just everything Kurik wasn't, and I'm so proud. Um, Kurik, of course, we've talked about before, is the previous Avatar at this point, and he was basically the best there ever was when it came to Paishou, and arguably bending. But despite that, he never was able to turn his talents into like effective leadership. Uh, according to John Zhu, he squandered his time pursuing earthly pleasures around the Four Nations and died early. So, yeah. <laughs> Died at the ripe old age of 33, I believe. Uh, that is correct. Um, but yes, Yun just comments that Heron thinks he's too much like Korok, and Janju talks a little bit about how, like, yeah, but to be fair, she did quit her job to come teach you, and you're not learning anything, so you gotta give her some slack here, right? Which... <laughs> I mean, I get where he's coming from, but also you do not have to give her some slack under any circumstances. Uh, (laughs) Jonju actually claims that Heron's problem is that she loves Yun too much, which uh, is not, like, I don't think that's true, and Yun doesn't either. But (laughs) Jonju just says that this is how Fire Nation mothers express their love, so clearly he didn't read any of the graphic novels because... definitely uh better <laughs> uh-huh to be fair again she won't be born for like they're like what 350 ish years 
something like that yeah so, so maybe at least like in the, the next three and a half centuries some people in the fire nation figure out like hmm, maybe parenting the way that we've been doing is bad actually <laughs> well to be fair uh, ursa comes from fantasy hawaii so maybe she does things differently than the rest of the fire nation uh, where's 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 the fictitious equivalent of hawaii in the avatar world uh it's called hira'a village that named after Heron? <laughs> not that I know uh, of. H I R A apostrophe A. Okay. It's similar, but not the same spelling as Heron, yeah. where she has a dash in between Hey and Run. It is still part of the Fire Nation, but it's like. I think we talked about this last time around, but I don't think it came up in our recording last week, kind of future time. Um. But each of the four nations in the setting is loosely based on a specific culture. Uh, so, of course, the water tribes are based on Inuit cultures. Uh, the, uh, the Earth Kingdom is roughly based on China, etc. Mm -hmm. The Fire Nation is based on Japan and Japanese culture. And uh, as a result, the Fire Nation largely consists of a string of islands all over the place. So... Uh, fantasy Hawaii being a part of Japan makes sense just because it's on a different island that we don't normally see right. is the thing. Okay. But yes, she she grew up there and uh, eventually got kidnapped to be the Fire Lord's wife and taken to the main capital. So Ooh, yeah. it's entirely possible that her parenting style is different than yeah. quote-unquote true Fire Nation mothers. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, Fantasy Hawaii doesn't want your tourists either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> um, yes. So, Jeonju just reminds Yun how many people love him, because Kelsong and all the sages and basically everyone who's ever met Yun loves him. It, in fact, Jeonju thinks that the Earth itself loves him. I mean, just look at how good he is at earthbending. It's, it's like he's connected to it all the time. It's like the Earth is speaking to him. And Yun starts to get some bad vibes here. His spider sense is going off, but he doesn't know exactly where it's going, so he doesn't say anything yet. Um, but they're walking back out to the center of the training arena where they join Heron. And the thing is, is that firebending is the only one of the bending styles that doesn't draw from elements outside of them oneself. You, it's, it's the only one that creates its element from nothing, right? So... Heron doesn't really understand why they're talking about this, but uh, Jeonju just says that Yun needs to take off his shoes. Uh, <laughs> the thing, Yun doesn't really wear shoes for the most part because most Earthbenders don't because they like to be connected to the Earth. But they made him wear shoes to train in firebending, and now they're telling him to take them off, and that's weird. But um, either way. Uh, Jeonju at this point reveals that uh, if they're going to sign new con new contracts with Tagaka, uh, the Avatar has to be there, and more importantly, it has to happen on the grounds of her choosing. So they really, really need Yun to learn something about firebending, just in case, right? So he pulls off his shoes, and um, then Jeonju shows us what a monster he is. The um, thing is, yeah, is that the Earth loves Yun so much, and he loves it back. But that is possibly what's holding him back from uh, hitting the other elements. 
because he's just too connected to the one. So they need to sever that link so he's not connected to the earth anymore and he has nothing to rely on. Um, when he says this, Heron does like step back. She hesitates. She's not in on this. She asks if it's a good idea. And Shanju's answer to whether it's a good idea is it's an idea. Whether it's good or not depends on the result. <laughs> this guy. This is definitely oh. how you teach a person. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So what he does is he earthbends just a whole bunch of hundreds and hundreds of little inch-high pyramids, each of them spiky and sharp. Uh, he's created basically a bed of nails, but it's the floor, and uh, he's gonna put uh, he's gonna put Yun through his forms, barefoot, on this uh, pattern of razor sharp, spiky things. Mm -hmm. So yeah. this is his plan to train Yun to firebends, is to hurt him terribly. Mm -hmm. And uh, Heron doesn't step in. Like, he, he looks at her for help, but she just turns away. So at the end of the chapter, uh, we get Jeonju telling him to begin. And uh, yeah, they tortured a kid. They, they tortured that kid. Yep. This is, again, one of those times where it's like, you remember, it's like, oh, right, okay, because this isn't the show itself, they kind of get away with doing uh, way more gnarly stuff. <laughs> Yun is 16, they tortured a kid. Mm -hmm. Yep. <sighs> and, like, again, like, to be fair, like, they still already had, like, blood bending and other stuff like that in the show that was like, yep, here's, here's how fucked bending can be. This is just torture. Normal mm -hmm. I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'm saying that wrong. I've been saying they tortured a kid. That's not accurate. They forced that kid to torture himself. Well, yeah. I mean, they still created the scenario where they then told him to stand on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's bad. Don't like it. Not a fan at all. <sighs> yep. Awful. Chanju, go die in a fire, please. <laughs> but yeah, um, that is my chapter, so... That's our introduction to the current Avatar, as well as the horrible, horrible things that are going on in this house behind Kyoshi's back. Um, I think we should probably take a quick break to give a shout-out to our Patreon sponsors, though, so we'll be back with you in a moment. Same. And, of course, you can always find us at patreon.com slash usweirdoscast, where we have a panoply of delights that await you. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, you get uh, 13 weeks advance on our other show, The Axe Files. If you want to see what we're doing 13 weeks in the future, you can be a time traveler also. Uh... <laughs> uh, bringing it all around to the fucking deep lore of uh, usweirdos that we established. <laughs> always. But then we also have other delightful things for you, such as a queer book review every week. I write a pretty significant review and recommendation of a queer book. Mm -hmm. Yep, and uh, currently, if assuming this goes up in October still, I'm doing a whole month of spooky uh, video games uh, for the Let's Play stuff. I mean, sp spooky being a little generous at times, but it's like it's stuff like Bloodborne PSX. That's spooky, there's blood and stuff, so it counts. <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah those um weekly uh weekly let's plays of yours they're they really go places sometimes <laughs> yeah you know we'll we'll get back to the the current uh platinum random as like at some point probably at the start of november but yeah 
the moment oh. spooky stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, we also like to give a huge shout out to our patrons. So we need to thank Trigger Harpy, Aurora Borealis, and Bookquest Queen. Thank you so much for being here, y'all. Yep, we continue to appreciate your support <sighs> and helping us do this silly nonsense we do. <laughs> yes, indeed. Now, uh, back to the show. Yep. All right, and we will continue with Chapter 4, which is called On This Work. I almost did the X-Files thing of saying which I have called On This Work. Nope, that's the <laughs> chapters have actual titles, not numbers. I just keep track of them. Uh, I mean, you can call it honest work if you want. I, I mean, if <laughs> I just if I had my way, these chapters would have more interesting titles than literally what is actually in the chapter itself, because the, these ha. chapters get so literal at times. But yeah, uh, we just open with Kiyoshi imagining the mansion gateway as like walking into the spirit world, courtesy of Kelsong stories about what that place is like. Uh, basically, she just compares the world outside of it as a boring, normal place compared to the like vast political intrigue that takes place within the mansion's walls every day, because this is where the Avatar hangs out. <laughs> yep. She and Rangi pass by some Earth Kingdom soldiers who basically abandon their service to their king in favor of more pay by Zhanzhu. <laughs> so, great. <laughs> uh, and Kyoshi wonders if it was legal for them to paint over their old helmets with Zhanzhu's preferred shade of green, which is weird that he has his, like, this is my color, nobody else's. <laughs> Yeah, well, it mentions sort of, like, Earth Sages have the ability to specifically pay for certain colors of green, so it's... Because green is, like, the Earth Nation color, right? So that they have the ability to, like, reserve these colors, so it can only be used by their houses as a yeah. sign of status. Like, Janju is, like, desperately looking at, like, the 128 pack of crayons, looking for the one shade of green that somebody hasn't taken yet. Mm -hmm, it's, like, mm -hmm. uh, it's like more of a mustard green, but I guess there's only one left. <laughs> get, get. I can't believe somebody's printing the Pantone color scheme. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's it's uh it's just a little funny. It's just like it's one of those go stupid goofy things of like trying to put a trademark on something that's impossible. And it's like this is a color. It's like it, if anybody like happens to mix this color in paint, do they have to pay Yanju money? Because <laughs> it is his. Well, no, they're just not allowed to wear it. I guess. Can they do art with it? Probably. Mm. Yeah, maybe. It's just, you can't wear that color in your clothes unless you're part of his, like, retinue. But what what if you're just some random person, like, hundreds of years from now in Republic City, you're just a person that just decides to, like, open up a tailor shop and you do that, and somebody walks in being like, hey, fucker, I'm John Ju's, like, great-great-daughter or whatever. That's his color, and therefore it's stuck in the family line for years. You gotta pay up now. You can't wear that. Well, as I understand it, you have to keep paying for the colors, so it would be on a registry somewhere if you kept, like... Yeah. And eventually, if your payments lapsed, someone could buy your color out from under you. <laughs> uh, dumb. <laughs> anyway. Yep. Uh, yeah. Continuing on, uh, the garden inside at the mansion is just full of sages and dignitaries from all over the world, and we get a reference to the cabbage guy, <laughs> uh, for some reason, and Kiyoshi enjoys when the place is just full of powerful vendors such as, uh, the people there that she sees at the moment, since the palace just runs with power during these times, at least that's how she feels with it. <laughs> I, I don't remember the context for why there's a cabbage guy reference here, uh, that's what my notes say. <laughs> Um, it's because all the, the sages and 
visitors are here to see the Avatar. The, the, the house is just full of dignitaries from all over the place. And one of them is uh, a merchant from Omashu who's like trying to convince people that cabbages will be valuable in the future. I mean, he's right. His ancestor will have Cabbage Corp. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I forget. It's cabbage, cabbage Corp makes cars, I think, in the time of Kyoshi. Yep. Yeah. Not, so it's like not even cabbages. Not any food product, product, like production at all. Like, no, they make cars. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. She gets dragged off by Auntie Mui, who's the head of the kitchen staff, after she smacks her on the back for carrying food in front of the guests because she's supposed to use the service entrance. Because... Kyoshi doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> we then get a little descriptor of how Yoon's arrival has been more of a like recent event, as some of the service areas were recently built and the staff are working a bit overtime to accommodate with him being here. So it's like, he's. I think we established in like a later episode that it has to be like at least like a year or two since they found him. So they're just really behind on getting the stuff up to up to scratch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. That's where I left off. Uh, movie. Movie. Uh, why, why can't I pronounce her name now? Movie. Uh, berates Kyoshi for <laughs> being out in the sun because, like, that apparently causes like Kyoshi's freckles to be more pronounced. And she says that she should be wearing the concealer that she gave her, but Kyoshi doesn't care about so-called standards of beauty. And also, in her defense, freckles are cute, so later off her. <laughs> yeah, but the the you know it's. It's only a little bit in here, but it's kind of falling into that sort of the the idea of ancient Chinese mm. perfection in beauty, the yeah. whole thing where you have to have absolute perfect skin and the right shaped feet and all that. And that's a little bit what Mui's playing off here is because you're not allowed to have freckles because that's a blemish. Yeah, I guess. Also, I was just like thinking of it because I was like, wait, do we even see if Kiyoshi has freckles in the few times you see her in the main show and i was like wait no we don't see that because she has her face paint on right <laughs> Duh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure like the pictures of her from like well not from the book but like the artwork that they did around the book does show her with them from when she was younger yeah yeah absolutely it does because i mean we only got a few images but they're just right across her face under the eyes there yeah <laughs> yeah no like I say, freckles are cute, so lay on the lay off her. <laughs> but the other thing, though, is that like it's also a little bit of a sun white, a skin whitening thing going on, because Kyoshi doesn't want to look all pale like a ghost, quote unquote. And yep, e- e- yep. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're touching on real life things that we are going to run very far away from very fast. Yep. And, and also, like I guess to reference the future thing i think there could be a little bit of like reference to like a thing we'll get to way later on that maybe she doesn't want her skin to look like a little bit more whiter i guess using yeah that's fair yeah Yeah, rangi looks about like as i would expect yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he posted a picture of her too and it's like yeah that's that's kind of how i envisioned her (laughs) i guess i envisioned her with like kind of shorter hair in the back though i wouldn't expect her to have like hair that almost reaches her shoulders Kyoshi <laughs> uh, thinks about the hypocritical contrasting views of Yakoya where you need to toil under the sun to have an honest profession but also never look like you were in a sweatshop earlier so yeah get their asses Kyoshi <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those fun stupid things where it's like yep you gotta look always presentable but also if you're just being a servant girl fuck you I guess you don't have a real job 
the, the, Yay, colorism. The random people in Yokoya would definitely be the kind of people talking about unskilled labor when it's like all labor is skilled. <laughs> yeah, they suck. Yeah. They arrive at the kitchen where she apparently did not realize that Rangi had followed them because she started to hear her remind Kyoshi that she's on gift duty tonight. <laughs> Rangi just followed. Uh, she reminds her not to linger in the kitchen for long since she's not a scullery maid, to the annoyance of the actual scullery maids, <laughs> which again reminds <laughs> us slash Kiyoshi that no one in Yokoya likes her since the townsfolk just think that she's stuck up for living in the mansion while the other servants think that she's stuck up for being close to the Avatar. <laughs> yeah, Rangi is kind of doing Kiyoshi dirty with this uh, one. Like... A little bit like, hey, don't, don't forget, you gotta sort through the Avatar's presence. All these other people, they gotta fucking suffer in the kitchen, though. <laughs> Yeah, you're not one of these losers, she said in front of everyone. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I forgot she said that, actually. <laughs> it's like, uh, Rangi, please, please don't. <laughs> also, it's like, again, everybody doesn't like Kiyoshi enough as it is. Don't make it the worst for her. <laughs> yeah, this is... Full, I, I don't know why she's doing this. This is very much like a bully in a high school movie move. Mm, yeah. yeah. My my next notes here do mention that like Rangi kind of has a little bit of like an elite attitude from her Fire Nation training, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fact that she straight up calls these people losers is like that's that's a bit much. <laughs> well, she doesn't say the word loser, but that's the tone she gives <laughs> it with. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I do, I do like this picture you just showed me of uh, Rocky just holding <laughs> Kyoshi, just basically being like it's like it's on site, mostly with like doing the whole like I got my eye on you fingers pointing. <laughs> Rangi then heads off to the barracks as Kiyoshi spots Kelsang making dumplings because he's here too just hanging out. Uh, he explains that Janji was sent away because he thinks that his presence is distracting Yoon with the promise of airbending in the future. So it's like, nope, we're focusing on firebending. Get out of here, Kelsang, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they just view it as better to keep him focused on one element at a time. So Kelsang decides to make himself useful by helping to cook. <laughs> Kiyoshi goes over to help him as the narration at this point tells us that Kelsang pretty much just adopted her, uh, using his high station with the stubborn air temple to stay in Yokoya as much as he could, but occasionally having to strong-arm families into looking after her while he was away. And he also eventually forced Janju to hire her once Yoon had been brought to the town <laughs> for safekeeping, since I guess it's like, eh, we need more staff anyway. Bring her on. He apparently did all this simply because, uh, he like she had need of somebody in the since the townsfolk really had no love or attention to give to an orphan and Kelsang so he's like just the most important person in Kyoshi's life which also means that this elementary figure is totally going to die horribly at some point in this book or sequel oh. um i do got to say like uh, i mean you say that he did this just because she needed someone and he was there sure but I have to wonder how much of it is... I mean, this is the kid who stole that turtle. Maybe I can get that <laughs> turtle back. True, yeah. She d <laughs> we'll find out later on she still has the turtle. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, we gotta, we gotta keep her close. She has the turtle. Like, we gotta keep... I just need to keep getting closer and closer until she's in the same house as me, and then I'll go through all her stuff when she can't resist. <laughs> Uh, no, fortunately, fortunately Kelsang is a good guy. <laughs> he actually does care. <laughs> I guess spoilers for later in the book, he actually does legitimately give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, she can easily tell that Kelsang's good mood is fake bow from the last decade of knowing him, and also because the rumors that Kelsang and Janju's friendship is starting to get a little strained. 
since Janju's accumulated wealth and power are pretty much just viewed as them becoming of an avatar's teacher and guide, and also his influence exceeding that of Yoon's just because he's established as a person throughout all the Earth Kingdom and so many people owe him a bunch of shit <laughs> compared to Yoon. He's this <laughs> kid. Yeah. Uh, Kiyoshi is concerned for their friendship and how it could affect Yoon overall since while he likes them both, his loyalty does lie with Janju since he's the one who found him and also he's an Earth Nation guy, obviously. <laughs> Kelsang jokes around by a bit by just puffing flower in her face and saying that taking a break from Avatar business means he gets to spend more time with his adopted daughter and how they should go take a vacation, just, you know, drop a hat. Uh, <laughs> also, despite wanting to spend more time with Kelsang, since his duties have dragged him away from her, she still has to work, so even in this different world, capitalism still ruins people's lives and relationships. Hooray! <laughs> Thanks, capitalism. <laughs> Actually, I guess we never actually established if Kyoshi ever actually gets paid, or if she just basically gets room and board. <laughs> uh, solid question. Yeah, Either way, he seems to think she can take vacation time, because, like, she says that she can't do it because she has to work, and his reaction is just that, like, come on, it's, you're so boring. <laughs> no one has ever been as boring as you. Come on. <laughs> Uh, just take on this. Just take on the announced PTO for like three months and just travel the world. Come on, I want to stay here. It uh, sucks. You're 16. You're not supposed to like having a job. <laughs> yeah, you know, Kiyoshi, you're at the point soon where it's like you're gonna graduate high school and then you want to go on your like big road trip with your friends. Slash polyhule in this case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In any case, uh, Auntie Mui then interrupts everybody with poetry time because she tries to force high culture onto the workers while they tend to their duties, which this just sounds like a freaking nightmare. This is every bad job that always has to be like, we're doing X day or whatever. We're, we're doing a day where we're going to have to do a mandatory engagement thing to establish trust and stuff like that. And it's like, Jesus Christ, why? Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she forces some guy named Lee to start, and he's just unprepared for this, but Kelsang saves him by reciting a ranchy uh, shanty song that sailors and field hands sing. And basically, this song you're supposed to basically just adjust to be from the perspective of a person that you have the hots for. <laughs> uh, movie's scandalized by this because it's like, oh, this is unbecoming of Kelsang, but this re just results in the rest of them joining in with the others figuring out that Lee wants to smooch someone. <laughs> uh... And then someone says that Kiyoshi's joined in since she's rarely in the kitchens at all, ever. And Kiyoshi kind of just instinctively starts to recite a poem that, which makes the staff laugh a lot because it's like kind of dark <laughs> in a way that they wouldn't expect from Kiyoshi. But it results in Kelsan giving her a pretty curious look. And after some more lines of that, uh, he grabs her arm in surprise since he asked her where she had learned that song. Which should clearly tell the audience at this point there's uh, some bullshit going on here because it's like, you should not know this song, Kiyoshi. This is not even yeah. like an old song. This is just something that was made up by one person. And, uh, hmm. <laughs> you know, don't, but don't think about the uh, fact that the book has her name and picture on it at all. <laughs> yeah. If I may, the first verse of the thing that Kiyoshi sings I've got two knives that are cast in bronze, they pierce all the way to the soul. They draw you in with the promise of sin, like the moth to the flame to the coal. <sighs> yep. Spicy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are actually two more verses of that, but they're not near as hot, so. 
yeah, yeah. They're they're kind of more this kind of the same cloth from what I remember. But yeah, like definitely definitely less so than that first line of like, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna stab you with my sin knives. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the second verse is about like weaving your hair together and drifting away to, at the same time. So that's definitely a close thing, but it's not a, a horny thing. Yeah. And then the third one is like, I will love you forever until I die. Which again, <laughs> not... Yeah. <laughs> that first one is just way out of character with the other two. <laughs> yep. <It's> incredibly different. <laughs> Where is my horny knife, GF? I need this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Ronki doesn't know how to fight with swords. She has firebending, so she's not, she's not that person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she she wandered off. She left the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, she left before poetry time started, which is probably for the best. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I feel like that chapter is just kind of short and direct in a way, and it's weird that it seems like... A little bit, yeah. Some of them are like that. Yeah, like, as we'll get to in the next couple of weeks, some chapters are like six or seven pages long, others are like 30 pages. <laughs> Yep. We we had to have a big conversation about how we gonna handle the iceberg chapter because that is literally like thirty three pages and it's like we could try to split it, but it's like, well, I guess because like a lot of this is just a big fight scene, it's not a whole lot of description to it, so I guess I guess you could cover it yourself. <laughs> <sighs> Sometimes it goes that way. It sure do. But yeah. Um I don't know, hardly the strongest chapters in the book, but I think I like them a little bit more than the last two, because it really does a good job of table setting where we are, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's it's establishing, like, like, Yoon as a character, and like, oh, yeah, okay, he's managed to not do any other bending so far, to the point where they're getting desperate enough to torture him, and it's also, like, mm -hmm. at least kind of establishing where Kiyoshi is in this mansion, Instead of just, like, amongst the regular townsfolk who suck. Yeah, like, not for nothing, but the your chapter last week, nine years later, didn't really establish a whole lot. I mean, we got Kyoshi as a servant, and we got Rangi, but that's nothing we didn't get here. And in both cases, it was like... Uh, <laughs> it was almost just kind of perfunctory, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The best thing about your chapter is that they got to be a gay a little bit. <laughs> I mean, they literally did fall on top of each other with Kyoshi trying to block Rangi from getting hit with clay shards. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about the bit where Kyoshi was thinking about Rangi's neck I'll, and just I'll, blushing to hide. Yeah, I mean, also that to be fair. Yeah, that happened like right after. <laughs> and meanwhile, you well, yeah. just being like, God, I wish I was in there. <laughs> Boy, those girls are adorable, specifically when they stand next to each other. <laughs> mm, I, yep, yep, uh, Yoon just watching this happen, he's just like, yep, this must be girls being pals, huh? <laughs> They're just dressing up and traveling together to, to bring me spicy kelp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Yoon is both of their boyfriend, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it, you know, it's a, it's a complicated, it's not even like necessarily a complicated polycule map, but it's like Rangi and Kyoshi are in a relationship, and each of them are independently in a relationship with Yoon, but Yoon isn't, like, it's like, I actually, I guess that is just a perfect triangle, huh? I, not, not yep, it sure is. <laughs> I was like, I, I, think, I think what I'm thinking of is like, if it's like, you know, person A is with person B, person B is with person, wait, no, again, you need four people, basically, I think, is the way. Are, are you suggesting that I, so I'm dating my wife, 
And my wife is dating uh, another person that I'm not going to name. Let's pull up a random name generator. <laughs> but uh, so my wife is dating uh, 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 Rachel. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Apparently. But I am not dating Rachel. We're just both dating the same right. person. Is that what you're trying to I get think, at I here? think so, yeah. I think I'm just saying that wrong like three times in a row. <laughs> Also, it, I think in my mind it also worked out easier when there's more than just like three people because then it's like okay, obviously like I mean I, there are some cases where all four would be dating each other, but it's like there might be some that are like okay, like these two, like this person like person A is dating person B and C but not D, and D is dating like persons B and C or whatever. Right. Like, well, if I may continue the metaphor, and I'm just going to keep using animorphs names now that I've established <laughs> that pattern. I'm dating my wife, and my wife is dating Rachel, and my wife is also dating Cassie, and Cassie is dating Jake, and, <laughs> like, it, polycules are a big thing, you know, and I'm not dating any of these Animorphs, and... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, a lot of the Animorphs seem like they'd be kind of boring people long-term. <laughs> at least where we currently are at in the books. Because it's like, oh, these, these kids seem like they have, like, one or two interests. <laughs> I don't know. Going out with a hawk might be interesting. Uh, yeah, well, I, get, I mean, I guess you would just have him, like, perched on your shoulder all the time. <laughs> just being like, oh, this, is my, <laughs> this is my service animal. And some people, most people have dogs. I have a hawk. Deal with it. <laughs> <sighs> but, yeah, um... Avatar. Mm -hmm. Avatar. It's, uh... This book is a little weird in that it spends just a lot of time building up to where we want to go with it. And it's like... It's not bad. It's not. It's just very... Slow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a little slow. Like, I mean, again, as we'll cover in the next few weeks that we already have recorded, it at least picked up the pace a little bit uh, in the next after the next few like, a lot of it is just, like, set up to be like, okay, what's going on here exactly? Okay, this is what's going on here. Uh, all shit has fans. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think I really have anything else to say about these chapters. Do you? No, not really. Again, it, it feels weird because, like, they feel like there should be a little bit more, but also they're both kind of shorter chapters. Right. It's like it's mostly just uh, introducing Yoon to us and also how he's getting abused and like, <laughs> focusing a little bit more on like how what Kiyoshi's station at her job is, which is most people hate her. Ah. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um... Well, in that case, it's time to probably, I'd say, get to questions. And I'm definitely not just stalling. Uh, <laughs> As you try to find questions from, like, three months ago? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Um, good news, we don't have any. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I basically, um, I, I think I forgot last week to actually put out a different question suite, and we just used the same one that we had, but this week I, I, we sure did. This week I at least like put out another one, just because it was like, just a, 
oh god i even am drawing a blank on the fucking question that i presented uh oh yeah the forest workplace activity thing because that fucking sucks that's the worst <laughs> uh okay uh did that get any results because i'm gonna be honest i didn't see that one blue sky is worse about notifying me yeah blue sky is a little wonky at times of it it's, it's still pretty new but no we didn't we didn't get a response to it okay fair enough uh, so I guess for future reference, if you would like to send us questions, you can do so at usweirdoscast.bsky.social, because Blue Sky is now our primary method of communication. We're also at uh, usweirdos on cohost and usweirdos at gmail.com if you prefer to email us. You know, if I have my way, we'll get rid of the Gmail eventually because I hate Google, but that's yeah. going to depend I mean, on it, the arguing we do it, behind it the scenes. It exists just to have, like, the login for the Patreon, honestly. <laughs> Listen, I just want to switch it to a Proton account, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Google <sighs> sucks. Everybody knows Google sucks. <laughs> uh, I don't need Google reading my podcast email, okay? <laughs> yeah, the, like, one or two that we actually got from somebody related to the podcast itself, and the other ones being spam messages. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I guess also uh, yeah. the usual like advertisement thing that Patreon sends just because we use that one. Naturally. Um, so I think that's pretty much going to do it for us this week. Uh, normally we'd do Frakes takes, but as with last week, uh, we don't know which ones we used, so we can't really reuse them. <laughs> uh, hang on. I, but... I, can, I can try to Google, like, give me a random question to see if you want something similar. Um, alright, I have an idea. Let's see. Well, I'd I search give me a random question, and the very first result is teambuilding.com. Random questions to ask people, the best list in 2023. Uh, could you roll a d100 for me, please? Uh, hang on. Uh, roll a <laughs> d100. 79. <laughs> 79. What unusual talents do you possess? Uh, I have, like, one finger that I can, like, kind of, like, bend the bone at the tip of the finger forward without moving the rest of the finger. Like, it doesn't... Oh, that's messed up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take a photo of that and show you just for the sake of that. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's the, uh, the ring finger is the one next to the pinky, right? I think that's uh... what call it. Pinky ring middle pointer, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the ring finger on my right hand. No other finger does it. Just that one. I don't remember how Neat. I even figured it out. I remember it being a thing I at least knew back when I was a kid, and I can still do it because I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I can. It's just a thing that there is. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're talking physical stuff, I guess the joints on my thumbs are weird, so that I can, like, cock them at a 90-degree angle to the rest of my hands, which is unusual. Mm. But other than that, nothing really. Mm. Unless you count the super taster thing, which I don't because it's a curse, not a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's just mostly, like, it, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be a physical thing. That's just the first thing I could think of, because it's like, okay, well, what do I got, actually? And I was just, like, kind of look at my hand. It's like, oh, right, that thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you want talents, I mean, can't go wrong with playing the bagpipes. That's unusual. True, yeah. Um, I mean, when it comes to musical instruments, that's not a very common one. 
Yeah, no, I mean, my instruments are like the ukulele and the bagpipes and the accordion. It's just, I've, I've, I've picked the most annoying instruments in the world. <laughs> this... <laughs> yep. Alright, I, I took a photo of it, I'm gonna send it to you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh! Huh. Yeah, weird, huh? Red. <laughs> I dig it. Yep, no, that's that's literally the only thing I can do it on. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if we're doing photos, um, <laughs> let's see. How do I, I... I only need to take photos of bagpipes. I don't know what bagpipes look like. Yep, uh-huh. You're just going to get a whole gallery full of bagpipes. <laughs> You're going to reveal, like, it's like, oh, I actually have 30 different bagpipes. <laughs> uh, no, I only have one because they're very expensive is the thing. Hmm. And the only reason I have the one is because when I was 15 and I started playing, someone in the band I was practicing with very kindly gave me a donation to be able to afford the one that I have. That's kind of them. I still don't know who it was to this day. It was anonymous. Uh, hmm. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't love that. <laughs> How did it become we both have weird fucked up things of our hands? Is it because we're millennials and we've been on computers way too often? No, it gave, it gave, I don't know. I've been able to do that forever. Yeah, no, I was like, even being, I say that, and it's like, no, wait, no, I could do this ever since I was a kid. So it's not even like computers were not even much of a thing. I was playing like Sim Ant back then, or like the original Sim City on like a crappy old computer. That was well before what we currently think of in terms of being terminally online. So it's like, I don't know. We, did, we both got weird finger shit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, minor thumbs, but. Still fingers overall. They're on your hand. They're your digits that you use to interact with stuff. <laughs> okay, uh, can you do me another D100, please? Because since we got no questions, we're doing three of these. Okay, uh, hang on. <laughs> Let me bring that back up. Uh, roll D100. 97. That's literally... 97? Uh, You're rolling high today. Yeah, and it's like, meanwhile, it's like, that's the reverse because I got 79 before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is most important? Health, wealth, or happiness? Uh, I would say health, but also that's because I'm biased because America has shitty healthcare. <laughs> and also I'm a trans person, so, you know, I'm kind of dependent on taking uh, certain pills every day and a certain injection once a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I like this question very much. They're pretty intertwined, right? Yeah. Like, if I say happiness, that's contingent yeah, upon like, me it's having... It's like one of those things where it's like people are always like, oh, money can't buy you happiness, and it's like kind of can honestly especially in capitalism <laughs> there's a threshold right yeah. there's a certain threshold of happiness that money can buy you and beyond that there's no point in having more money than that but yeah yeah it's like too much money and you get the brain worms like we see with every billionaire and stuff like that and even just millionaires in general but it's like yeah yeah no i it's impossible to deny that it's like yeah if i had like a hundred grand that i could actually like improve my own life and that of others that i care about who are also in bad situations like well not bad situations but like similar situations to me just being like yep i don't know where life's taking me like that would make our lives better and therefore that would make us happy uh-huh so I, like, I don't remember the exact details but there was a study a couple of years ago based on the uh, 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 wealthy people and essentially what it found is that there's like a threshold of wealth, and once you pass that threshold, having more money actually makes you sadder. Mm -hmm. But that threshold is like $20 million net worth. Yeah. 
So it's like a ridiculous amount that it's like this is the point where it's like you will never be able to spend this in like multiple lifetimes worth of time. Yeah, and after that, your your user experience of being a rich person just gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> so there's yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would say happiness, but happiness requires the other two effectively in our current societal situation, so... Yay! Yeah. Alright, uh, one more? Alright. Oh, apparently this button is like... Because it gave me the results, it's automatically opening up this window. Apparently this start button makes it literally start scrolling through a bunch of numbers and you have to hit the stop button. Eight, 80. How did I get 79, 97, and then 80? <laughs> I don't know, but you're doing well. Um, let's see. How do you feel about receiving slash giving orders? Are you more of a leader or a follower? I, I kind of don't like either, honestly. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like... Okay. I, I, I guess it's like the Jake conundrum, isn't it? It's like, oh, if I have to give... like People look to me to be the leader here, and if I make a bad call, then other people suffer kind of situation. In a sense. Because <laughs> it's like, again, like, it's like... <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've not often been in the situation at like a job where I've had to be the one to make the shots. Like, there's been like a few times, especially like my previous job, just because I was like the one who actually was on site to handle the mail stuff. So it's like, you know, if there's like a rough situation there, it's like, well, it's kind of on me to make this choice here with how this is going to be handled because I'm literally the only one here. You know, aside from the times that I actually had coworkers, and also they were both useless. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's like that, but it also, it's like, there are times where I'm just like, well, I don't know, it's like, I kind of want to, like, be able to actually, like, get feedback on this before I just decide this is what we're doing, and then be like, people be like, oh, actually, no, we shouldn't do it that way. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I don't really have any kind of experience in this, in, like, adult life, in the real world, so it's hard to... It's 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 weird. I don't like being given orders, but I do like being told specifically what needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. Like when it comes to it, it's like I don't necessarily like the orders part of that. But like if it's like a person tells me like we have to do this in this way, it's like okay, sure. <laughs> like it, it's not like just being like Vivian, you have to do this right the fuck now, or else we're all gonna fucking die or whatever. <laughs> or yeah, like, I don't know. It's like. It's mostly just like, you know, whenever it comes to like interactions with people, I'm just always like, there's just points where I'm just always thinking like, why can't you just tell me directly what needs to get fucking done and not dance around the issue? <laughs> uh -huh. Fucking give it to me straight. <laughs> I know as a queer person, you might not want to give it to me straight, but give it to me straight in this one situation. <laughs> I will say I do historically have a weird relationship with leadership in that like, so I guess this is going to be letting folks in a little bit on my past history but when i was a kid i was in the boy scouts so that's going to tell you something yeah, about I, me I, huh? I was in the scouts too yeah and normally when i talk about this i just say scouts but it's important for the sake of this yeah, story yeah. so in the boy scouts uh in the troop i was in at least it's subdivided of course because a troop is the bigger group and then it subdivides into patrols right. which is a smaller yeah, group yeah. and um Generally, the smaller group will be like five to ten boys all working together. And the thing is, is that there's a hierarchy. There's a social structure within the scouts. Uh, each patrol has a patrol leader who reports to the senior patrol leader, who's like the boss of the of the whole group. And then above the senior patrol leader is the adults. 
Well, when I moved to Texas and joined the scouts here, because I had already been, when I was in Oklahoma, I was just basically finding a new troop. Mm-hmm. I visited the one that I ended up going to, and I just so happened to visit on election night, oh, because what? you have to elect a new patrol leader every mm-hmm. year. And literally, oh, okay. I got elected to a leadership position before I joined the Sorry, troop. I think I, think I mixed that up. For a sec, I thought you meant on literally like a presidential election night. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Like, oh, time to hear these no. adults talk about politics. <laughs> no, because once a year, the boys have to pick new people to hold their right. positions, right? It's not lifetime. And yeah, for, for whatever reason, they just, I got voted in. I hadn't even <laughs> officially joined yet. I hadn't said for sure I was going to join yet. I just... <laughs> I wonder if they did that as like a prank, being like, ah, oh, new blood, let's make them suffer. <laughs> uh, That is not the case based on those people, no. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have known that at the time, but I ended up spending several years with that group, and no, that's that's not what they okay, were doing. That. Just for whatever reason, they decided I was the most competent, and <laughs> so yeah, this this isn't even the only time that happened to me because later, a couple years later, I ended up being put up as senior patrol leader for the group against my will, and they've still voted for me, so. <laughs> People keep thrusting so, me into so, leadership so positions I don't want, is my history with what leadership. what you're saying, your experience with the Scouts was similar to my experience, if any job I've had, where it's like we both were like, I don't know what I did here, but I'm apparently the most competent person here, so I'm getting given all the responsibility. <laughs> uh-huh. I feel like I did okay at it, but it's also like I didn't want to do it in the first yeah. place, so... Like, it still got thrust. There's a level you. of, like, I am theoretically good at this but it's work i don't want to do yeah (laughs) so complicated history with leadership i guess Uh and uh yeah so those those are our questions for the day thank you for rolling those dice are we going to be using (sighs) that list from now on um i think we might but that's also going to be a little tricky because if you're rolling them randomly, then I'm going to have to keep reducing the size of the die you roll. I get or... I mean, I, I'll, I'll turn it to just re-roll, but you would have to keep tracking the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, unless you want to start at, uh, at number one next time. <laughs> that would be annoying. I don't know. I would rather keep track of the numbers. Yeah, that, that's. I feel like that's also just like a more fun thing to do. Just in, introduce a bit of random chance. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna copy paste this list and I'm gonna delete the ones we've already used. So we oh, can't... it's a smart idea. But wait, but but if I roll a ninety-eight, ninety-nine, or a hundred, then you don't have options there. What? Like if you de- if you delete the entire row, then you don't like you'll del- you only have ninety seven questions and not a hundred. Right, but I'm just getting rid of the the ones that we used, so I'll still have a number oh, ninety eight, okay. a number ninety nine, and a one hundred. Right. Okay. Yeah. Never mind then. I didn't know that you were. I thought you were like deleting the entire row, so this way that you go from a hundred questions to ninety seven. No. 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 Okay. I'm gonna be way more annoying about it. <laughs> I'm curious as to what list this is, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We might talk about that in the future, once it's relevant. Hmm. Anyway, it's wild that you rolled 3d100 and you came up with 79 and 80 right next to each other. Yeah, again. And also, like, the other number was 79 reversed, 397. Uh I was like, huh, I don't know, maybe this uh, d100 rolling that I was using was 
bad. Maybe maybe I should be using my <laughs> physical dice that I have because I do have those. Okay. Is there a D percent? No, um, I don't have a D percent down. Never mind. Oh no, no, I do. Yeah, no, it's right there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for us today. So if you have enjoyed this show, you can find me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket on Blue Sky at Nobody Adams, that's Adams with two Ds, or on co-host at Nobody. I'm also on several games for All in the Table RPGs, and... Sorry, no, I was about to say a thing, but... Because as of tonight, a new season of Vigilantes Union 13 is premiering tomorrow, but y'all won't be getting this tomorrow. It will have already happened yeah. by a few days ago. So... No, you know what? Because of the way I'm planning to edit this, uh, tonight <laughs> is going to be the premiere of the new season of Vigilantes Union 13, uh, so, just, yeah. Well, now you're just condemning your computer to fucking explode or something, so you don't get this episode out on time. By yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yep, uh, I continue to still just be found at Oblivion on both co-host and Twitter. Uh, not, not Twitter, not Twitter, nope, co-host and Blue Sky, right. Twitter is, I mean, my Twitter is still there. I don't. I haven't posted anything there in over a month. You can follow me there, I guess, if you want. But that's that's different. You know what that account is if you've been paying attention to this. Uh, <laughs> fuck Twitter. Fuck Elon Musk. Uh, I don't have anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um. I suppose with that, there is not much left to say. But remember, us weirdos have to strike together. Wait, shit! But last time we didn't do strike together. Because the strike ended. Yeah, we did. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did, because when we recorded originally, it was strike, so we stuck with strike, because it's going to be strike for, like, the next six I weeks. I oh, God, I'm like, maybe, I'm, I didn't go back and re-listen to it. I could have sworn that we did stick together, because it's over. We definitely did not. I just well, edited it a couple days ago. Well, I, I fucked up the ending, but I... <laughs> <laughs> We're used to it. It's okay. Yay. Uh, Later. Later. <laughs>